Father, we are so thankful that we are your children. And Father, I do praise this song encourages us not to listen to the lies of Satan who will tell us that we're worthless, tell us that we can't be loved by God. His lies will tell us that we can't overcome our sin. He will tell us that uh, following God is worthless. And Lord, these and many other lies that he tells us can discourage us and bring us down. But I am thankful, Lord, that the truth is you are our Father. We are your children. And life lived with you and close to you is the best life ever and filled with blessing even when we go through difficult times. I am thankful, Lord, that also you do, as the other song we sang, uh, you show us in difficult times that you are with us. And Lord, you are in our life and you are powerful like a roaring lion. And so, Father, we are thankful for the songs that we have sung that have been songs of praise to you. And Lord, I pray that you have been pleased with them. I pray now that as we hear you speak to us through your word, you would also be pleased with how we respond and how we obey. And so, Lord, as we hear again the message to come back, I pray that we would this morning. And I pray, Jesus, in your name, amen. As we've seen in Hosea, God has called the nation of Israel to come back to him when he showed them how Hosea and Gomer's marriage was like their relationship of, the, of God and the nation of Israel. The answer to that was to repent. When God showed the nation their case against them and how they had sinned, he said to them, come back. When he heard their response and they said to God, we are not listening to you, we don't care what you say, God, we are arrogant and we don't even believe we need to repent, he still said to them, come back and repent. When God said, I am going to judge you, warning them, he said, come back. And now that they have been judged and they have had a nation that has been destroyed, God is saying to them again, come back. And if you have been here each Sunday morning as you have heard me read Hosea to you and explain it to you, maybe you're getting tired of hearing, repent, repent, come back, come back. But it's like you as a parent when you see your child running toward the street. And you say, stop. But he keeps going. So you say, stop. He keeps going. So you say, stop. Again. And then he's so close to the edge that you run and you tackle him. And he falls to the ground and he skins up his knees and he's crying. And you tell him again, stop. Don't do that. Sometimes we need to hear it more than once. And God kept telling his people to come back and was going to keep telling them that because he loved them and did not want them to live their lives without him. I hope you have noticed that each Sunday we have seen a different aspect of repentance or coming back to God. And this morning I want to focus on the second chance. Let's think of some biblical examples of people who got a second chance. We all know the story of Jonah, how he disobeyed God, he ran away from God. God, through a storm and Jonah being thrown overboard, put him into the belly of a great fish. 
Right there, Jonah had a choice. Like, I think everybody would. He repented. Because if he didn't, he was going to die in that belly. But he repented. The fish spat him out on the beach. And Jonah got a second chance. He had another opportunity to obey God. And you remember Peter. Peter, the disciple who was close to Jesus, one of the three closest to him. Yet on the night that Jesus went to his trials and was on his way to the cross, Peter denied the Lord not once but three times. Definitively, he said, I don't know the man. Can you imagine someone so close to the Lord at that moment, if you could say Jesus needed him the most, he said, I don't know him. Peter, Jonah, two men who sinned, disobeyed God, betrayed the Lord. But Peter also got a second chance. The reality is God often gives us a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth, a sixth, a seventh, many chances to repent, to come back to him. Because he loves us, he's patient with us, and he doesn't want us to live life without him. So this morning, you may be someone who feels far from God. You may be someone who is enslaved to sin. You may be someone whose life is falling apart and you're overwhelmed. But know this wonderful truth. No matter how far away you are from God, you can come back to Him today and have another chance. Because you're still breathing. That's why I know you have another chance. But I do want to say this. God does not always give another chance. Two biblical examples. There was a man in the Old Testament named Uzzah. King David was moving the Ark of the Covenant from its place to the tabernacle where he wanted it, but he did not do it the way that God commanded. And so when Uzzah touched the Ark to steady it from falling off the cart, God killed him instantly. Uzzah didn't get a second chance. In the New Testament, Ananias and his wife Sapphira they sold property and they lied about how much it cost and how much they gave to the apostles. And because of they lied to God, God killed both of them instantly. They didn't get a second chance. I want to say that because sometimes I think we as Christians will say, well, I can just live my life any way I want to. I can just repent and then God's going to give me another chance. And we have that attitude and what it does is it takes God's grace and his mercy for granted. And it also downplays our sin and its significance and its uh, terribleness. Because we just see sin as, oh, something we can say, I'm sorry with. And then we see that God is going to forgive us. So as much as I'm going to preach this morning about you have another chance. And you do because you're here and you're breathing. You're not Uzzah, you're not dead. You're not Ananias or Sapphira, you're not dead. So you do have another chance. But always remember this, the next chance may be your last chance. And God's patience may run out. So always keep that in mind. But here in the book of Hosea, 
we hear this call from the Lord. Israel, return to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled in your iniquity. Take words of repentance with you and return to the Lord. The Israelites have stumbled. They have sinned against God and God has punished them. Their nation went into exile. Their land became barren. Their mothers, uh, the women became barren, weren't mothers. There had been violence. There had been chaos. There had been judgment on this nation because of their sin and their refusal to repent. But there still was a chance for them to come back to God and repent. And that's what God is telling them. Come back now. Take words of repentance with you and return to the Lord. Hosea 6 has a similar plea to come back. Come, let's return to the Lord. For He has torn us and He will heal us. He has wounded us and He will bind up our wounds. Remember the image last week of God's judgment on the nation was one of God as a lion or as a bear protecting her cubs. Coming and ripping apart a person, a human being, ripping them apart. That was the metaphor, the image of God's judgment, a ripping, a tearing. But here is the promise, even if you have been torn apart, Israel, even if you have been wounded because of your sin, come back, repent, and you will be healed, and your wounds will be bound up. Reminds me, of the prodigal son. And you know the story well, so I won't go into its details. But you know how the son wished his father dead. He wanted his inheritance. The father gave it to him. The son squandered it. He lost all of his money. He was eating the slop with the pigs. And he decided to come back to his father. In the meantime, the father is waiting. See, the father, every day, was looking and watching and waiting. You know why I know that? Because the day the son came back, the father saw him out in the distance. That tells me every day the father was looking and the father was waiting. And the father was hoping today will be the day my son comes back. Now, for our heavenly father, of course he knows what we're doing... But I think the idea is the same. God is waiting every moment, every day, for His children to come back to Him who have wandered, who have sinned, who have faced the consequences of their sin and they're hurting. He is waiting. And the call goes out, come back. And just like the prodigal son, the, the father runs out to the son. When he sees him, he just takes off and tears after him. Doesn't even let the son get down the path to the house. Showing how much the father desired that relationship and closeness to his son. That's what God desires with us. The only thing that hinders that is our own selves and our sin. But the wonderful news is, even if you're a thousand miles away from God, it takes one prayer of humility to come back. And here it is in Hosea 14. Anytime you're away from God, you could pray this. 
And God is there with you. Forgive all our iniquity that people are to pray and accept what is good so that, me may, excuse me, so that we may repay you with praise from our lips. Assyria will not save us. We will not ride on horses. And we will no longer proclaim our gods to the work of our hands for the fatherless receives compassion in you. Right here is a model prayer for repentance. Notice that the people are to confess what they have done as wrong. And we see it here in this verse because they exclaim what they're not going to do, which indicates they realize what they had done. They had gone to other nations for salvation against their enemies rather than going to God. And they had trusted in their own armies, their horses and all their military equipment. They trusted in that to save them rather than trusting in God to save them. And also they had made their own gods with their hands and trusted and worshipped them. They were admitting these things are wrong and we will not do them any longer. That's the first part in repentance is agreeing with God, I have sinned God. It is wrong. And then they pray for forgiveness. Forgive all our iniquity. Reminds me of the Lord's Prayer, where Jesus tells us to pray, forgive us of our trespasses or our sins, as we forgive those who trespass against us. In 1 John, John tells us, if we confess our sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. An acknowledgement, asking for forgiveness, and promising to turn from that sin and turn to righteousness, which is what they pray here. Again, we are going to not do these things, implying they are going to trust in God rather than countries or armies or false gods. And then they will be able to praise God with their lips. These lips that had cursed God, the lips that had said to God, we're not sinners, the lips that had said to God, we don't want to listen to you, the lips that had been arrogant, the lips that had been blasphemous, and the lips that had even kissed uh, idols that had been made, those same lips now were close to God and were able to say to Him in praise with their lips. What a wonderful turnaround in their lives because of their prayer of repentance. And it's true for all of us. And I want you to think about this. You may feel like you're a thousand miles away from God. You may feel like you're only five feet away from Him. Uh, you may, may feel like there is sin that's so entrenched in you that you are slave to it. Or you may feel like sin in your life is not a big deal. Uh, you may feel like you are close to God, but your focus is off. What I'm trying to say is it's not this repentance and this turning to God is not just for people who are at the bottom and who are without hope and they have no way to go up or people who are so far from God or people who have done things that are terrible to even mention. This is for 
All of us. Because all of us, every day, wander from God. We sin and are separated from God. Uh, We lose focus and we're distracted. And we're not focused on God. And so really, this should be a prayer for us at least once a day. If not multiple times a day. To stay close to God. Why wait until you're so far from Him that you're desperate? Why not stay close to God when you get five feet away, come back to Him, rather than getting 5,000 miles away from Him and coming back? But whoever comes back will receive the blessing of repentance. Hosea 6 says this, He will revive us after two days, and on the third day He will raise us up so we can live in his presence, indicating how quickly God would restore them. Two, three days, a revival, a restoration, a resurrection is going to happen. They're not going to have to wait centuries. They're not going to have to wait for God to decide, well, uh, yeah, you prayed a prayer, but I'm going to wait a while. I want to see something else. Or, yeah, you prayed a prayer, but, uh, yeah, you were... What was it, 200 years that you were running from me? I think I'll wait 200 years before I bless you. You know, it's not that attitude toward God. When you come back to Him, it's like that father and the prodigal son. He is racing. He is celebrating. And so the restoration is immediate. And listen to this. Let's strive to know the Lord. His appearance is as sure as the dawn. He will come to us like the rain like the spring showers that water the land. God comes, and it's an assured coming, just as assured as the sun's coming up tomorrow. When you pray and confess your sin and humble yourself before God, God will show up, and He will bless. We're fortunate in our area that we only know drought every once in a while. Those in the Middle East know what it's like to go through times where there is no rain for months. But even we know, on a dry summer where it doesn't rain for two months, how when the rain does come, how refreshing it is, how reviving it is. And that's what it's like to have been beat down by sin, but then to repent and come back and be restored by the Lord and blessed by Him. That is what it's like. Talk about second chances. Jonah went back to Nineveh, obeying the Lord, and he preached. And you could say he was the most successful preacher in history. Because he went to Nineveh, and his message was very simple. You've been hearing it for weeks now. Repent! And the whole city of Nineveh repented. A simple message, but effective. By the power of God. Now, if you read Jonah chapter 4, his heart didn't really change that much. He still had some things to learn, but he did learn at least to obey the Lord in his actions. He had to work more on his heart. But what I'm trying to say is, he had a second chance. He made the most of it, and God blessed him. Peter, I have a picture here of a stained glass window, because you can find stained glass windows all over the world. With Peter in them, the same guy that betrayed the Lord. Well, why? Because 
when he got a second chance, he made the most of it. Uh, Paul writes in Corinthians that on the day of Jesus' resurrection, he had a conversation with Peter. That conversation is not reported for us anywhere in Scripture. But can you imagine the risen Lord and Peter who betrayed him talking? I imagine there was Peter saying, forgive me. We do have recorded for us Jesus restoring Peter to service on the day that the Lord made breakfast for those disciples who went back to fishing and the Lord asked Peter, do you love me three times? He says, Lord, you know I love you. The whole thing is recorded for us to show how Peter was forgiven and given a second chance and restored to the Lord and restored to ministry. You read the book of Acts and it explodes because of Peter's obedience to the Lord as he preaches on the day of Pentecost and thousands are saved and he's doing miracles, he's raising the dead, he's healing the blind and he is doing amazing things through the power of the Lord and becomes the premier apostle and the foundation of the church. That's taking advantage of that second chance. And so again, I ask you, is your focus off the Lord? Has sin entangled you? Then this morning is the time to come back. Have another chance to do what's right and to take advantage of that chance you have. You know my story, and I won't explain it again, but you realize, I certainly realize, I was given another chance at living life. And I knew God gave me that chance not to please myself, not to amass wealth, not to be selfish. God gave me that second chance to do things for Him, to be obedient to Him and help build His kingdom and do more for the Lord. And so that's why, even in the midst of this pandemic, I haven't stopped ministering. I don't want a virus, I don't want anything to stop me from serving the Lord and taking advantage of the second chance He's given me. So brothers and sisters, you don't have to have as a dramatic experience as I did, or as Jonah did, or as Peter did, to know that today you're alive, you have another chance to be close to God and to live your life for Him. And the last verse here I'll share with you tells us this and is the last call to repentance this morning. Hosea says, sow righteousness for yourselves and reap faithful love. Break up your unplowed ground. It is time to seek the Lord until He comes and sends righteousness on you like rain. If you've ever done any gardening, you know when you go to the garden and the ground is hard, sometimes it's as hard as concrete from the sun, from being walked on, and if you plant a seed in that, nothing's going to happen. Sometimes our hearts are hard like that. And God will be speaking to us, and we'll be hearing, but not hearing. Come back, come back, come back. Nothing happens. The seed of the Word of God is planted, it's spoken. You hear it in church, you hear it on the radio, or wherever, on TV. But it has no effect. Because your heart is hard. 
So this morning, maybe that's where you need to begin. Break up that heart that's hard. In other words, be attentive to the Lord and listen. And then you can plant that seed of righteousness. In other words, begin with obedience and one thing as you listen to God. And when you are obedient in one thing, you'll become obedient in a second, in a third, a fourth thing. You will become more obedient as you stay close to God and your hard heart now is a fertile ground filled with righteousness. It is time to seek the Lord until He comes and sends righteousness on you like rain. Now is the time. Heavenly Father, I pray this morning for myself, for my brothers and sisters, and I pray, Lord, that we would desire to be close to you and that we would do so right now. In whatever circumstance we're in, whether in sin or whether just wandered or whether just unfocused and distracted, I pray, Lord, when we leave here today, we have prayed and we have humbled ourselves and we are right with you and close to you and ready for our next chance and our next opportunity to live righteously and to live in obedience and bring glory to your name. I pray this for myself, my brothers and sisters, especially in this time now, Lord, as we sing, as we have time to reflect and to pray, I pray, Lord, you would speak to us, and we would respond with yes. And I pray, Lord, in your name, amen.